It's a very stressful time right now for residents of areas like Yellowknife and even in the central Okanagan, where there are quite a few evacuations going on due to wildfires. In Yellowknife, we're talking about a city of 20,000 people that are being told to leave, all of them. Uh, They were ordered to start evacuating yesterday because of nearby wildfires there, and they need residents to leave by noon Friday. Now, the fire is not yet completely a threat, but what they know is that things are expected to change on Friday. High winds are coming to the area. They think that that could cause the fire to get too close to the city. And at that point, it would be too late to get everybody out. So they're doing this in phases. They are moving everyone out. I mean, that's a huge undertaking. 20,000 people right out of Yellowknife when there's very limited options to get out. And then you look at the, what, 5,000 properties in the central Okanagan as of this morning under evacuation order as well. So it's a very challenging time. And these kinds of plans have to be in place. You can't just at the last minute figure out and put out, come up with an idea of how to evacuate people. That's actually what our next guest is going to talk about. Dr. Sarah Gredora is a researcher in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Vermont. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. It, how long does it take, do you think, to really put into place or, or plan for an evacuation in the case of a wildfire? You know, it's it's really tricky because with these fast-moving wildfires that we're seeing, which are um, caused by the fast-moving winds that you're just talking about, um, there's a lot of uncertainty about how long we actually need to get people out safely. And so where do you even start then? What are, what are the first things that we should yeah. consider? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of uh, local emergency managers and everything already have plans in place. Um, But when weather like this happens, a lot of time there is a lot of uncertainty about when to make alerts and orders mandatory or not. And um, my research, which was uh, looking at a no-notice fast-moving wildfire, the campfire, which happened in Paradise, California, um, we noticed that people actually, um, because because everything happened so quickly, um, people really need to be really aware of what's going on. Um, the reality is that sometimes emergency communications, they might not work perfectly, especially in these really fast-moving wildfires where we, do, we don't have a ton of data on, on how we can plan for them right now because it's kind of a newer phenomenon. And that kind of data is also really hard to get because people disperse after wildfires. So knowing how people are going to be able to move, how people can move safely is kind of hard to know. And it's also once we do get to talk to people after these um, events, their memory can also kind of distort. Right. You you mentioned the Paradise Fire there in California. That was a big learning experience, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it really was. Okay. And so what can we take from that? Like what do we need to make sure to do in the future that wasn't done there? Um, yeah, so so that's a really tough question. Um, so there, some issues happen. So in my in my research, the people that we surveyed, only one percent actually became aware of the wildfire by an evacuation notice. Um, most people um, became aware of the fire by just seeing it firsthand. So. Just from my experience um, and my research, I think people really should be aware of what's going on, especially with these fast-moving winds, which just can make everything turn uh, totally different and just make everything really urgent. But we found that um, earlier awareness of the fire was associated with higher income, people who had smartphones 
people who are previously aware of these evacuation plans and people who are younger. Um, and then we also found that, that the earlier departure time, again, was associated with um, knowing about the wildfire earlier, so being aware about it earlier, having a smartphone. Um, and so if you can really stay alert to what's going on and have a plan for yourself, I think that is going to be really important for a lot of people. And that includes having a to-go bag, having your phone charged, having a portable radio, because as we saw in the campfire and again in the Maui fires, it just happened, what, last week? Um, you can lose phone service. So be prepared for that. Well, that's what I was wondering about, too, is that it's hard to, you know, push all these alerts out to your phone when people lost power yeah. very quickly in that Maui fire and said that they got no notice of what was going on. Exactly. And that is not the fault of anybody. This is, again, everyone is doing their best to keep people safe right now in these events. Um, but, yeah, I talked to people after the campfire who, again, they all the evacuation notices came to their phone like hours later than they should have because cell towers went down. So people um, can need to be aware of that to protect themselves. And if you can have some kind of portable radio, if your phone isn't working, at least you can stay aware of what's going on. Right. And another issue. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah. What is another issue? Yeah. Like um, another issue is people who are unequally exposed to the risk of wildfires. So let's say people who are renting, people who might be in mobile homes, people who don't have vehicles and people who are unhoused. So a lot of, and people who maybe don't, aren't the best with mobility. So maybe elderly people, people who have mobility issues, so a lot of special planning goes into that. Um, and so if you are one of those people, um, I would, again, suggest, you know, having a plan for yourself. If, if you can't uh, get help, like, nearby, um, you know, maybe think about your plans for the next few days and if you can stay with someone or stay with family. Because what we saw in the campfire, um, a lot of people were waiting for people to help come get them. And a lot of times that didn't come because they were um, impeded by the wildfire. So they had to, you know, just jump in a car with whoever they could, which is not ideal. So if you can kind of plan ahead, we know these fast winds are coming. So the other problem here as well, isn't it, that people don't want to leave or they think, nah, it's going to be fine. All the the other times it's been like the boy who cried wolf, right? Like, I don't really need to go. Exactly. That's another problem. Um, And again, it's not even a problem. It's just what happens. You know, a lot of people and I don't I have not I will explain I have not done a ton of research in Canada, but I know in communities in the United States, in Australia, a lot of people who have lived in those areas a long time have experienced tons of wildfires. So it's not really something new to them. Um, And they they don't want to stay. They don't want to leave. And we saw this in the campfire. Um, A lot of people were trying to stay. Um, and protect their homes, and then they ended up having a more perilous evacuation because they had to leave at the last moment. Right. So if you're in the vicinity where wildfires happen, I feel like this is something that you should discuss. Kind of like here in BC, we always talk about having a plan for an earthquake. Any area where there's a wildfire zone, you should you should have a plan for what you're going to do. That's, yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And, and, yeah, if you don't have, like I mentioned, having a vehicle, if you do not have a vehicle... Um, try to make a plan ahead of time um, with people who are geographically near to you, um, who can, who might be experiencing the same thing you're going to be going through and can, they can easily help you. And if you cannot do that, 
um, then, you know, possibly try to um, change your plans for like the next few days when there is this really high risk. Right. But being aware, Dr. Gadura, sounds like the biggest issue here, right? And take it seriously. Yeah, definitely take it seriously. And emergency managers and planners are really trying their best. But again, the science and technology is still trying to catch up with how we can deal with these fast-moving fires. So unfortunately, it's going to be falling on people to be self-aware of what is going on. And yeah, take it very seriously, especially with these highlands. No kidding. All right. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. That's Dr. Sarah Gudura, who's a researcher in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Vermont and has studied the issue of wildfire evacuation plans and how more and more communities need this. And it pays to take any threat seriously, essentially. Look at what's happening in Yellowknife this morning. Uh, The entire city is on evacuation order. 20,000 people leaving Yellowknife. They're doing it in phases. Uh, they are telling people like exactly what the deal is, what's going on, uh, that on Friday they expect the winds to really kick up and at that point that it could be close to the highway, which is the kind of one way out there. Uh, and so they need people to start going now. And people are, are, are going. They are listening. They are packing up and they are going. So there's a very close eye on that. You've got evacuation orders happening right now in the central Okanagan, something like 5,000 properties in the uh, central Okanagan part of West Kelowna area. Uh, obviously a very serious focus there too. Nobody wants to see what happened in Maui happen here. People who spent hours in a pool at a condominium complex because the whole thing was on fire around them and there was no way for them to get out. I've read so many stories where people had to do that or spend you know, hours sitting in the ocean. We're starting to hear those stories come out now too. And so that's why the evacuation plan is so important.